Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Imagine Thought Experiment podcast. My name's Andy and uh, in this podcast I'm inviting you to meditate with me, to explore with me some what-if questions about the universe, about God, about the nature of things. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I hope by talking to you I'll be able to clarify some of my thoughts and I hope if you choose to talk to me that you will help, together we'll help each other think more clearly and more productively about what's going on, about what everything is. Maybe I'll do another podcast called What Is Everything? But this podcast is called What If Death Does Not Exist? Alternative title What If There Is A Soul? This podcast is probably best listened to after the previous podcast where I tried to explore what it would be like if death did exist, if there is no soul. Today I'm going to try and inhabit the idea of death not existing, of there being a soul, and try and think about what that would mean, what we would do if that were the case. Or, or how we could understand it. Try and think about the mechanics of it. First, I think it's worth saying that whilst it might be difficult to find evidence for this idea, an awful lot of people seem to believe it. And a lot of cultures, and certainly my culture, people who who think that God doesn't exist or who largely feel that they live their life ignoring the idea of God existing or not knowing whether God exists a lot of people still choose when they die or when someone they love dies to have words said which imply that the person is not really dead when they're dead. And maybe there are just obvious reasons why you would want that. Because it's upsetting when someone dies. But maybe also we shouldn't skip so lightly over the fact that so many people find it almost impossible to accept when someone dies that they're dead. We can imagine evolution, good programmers, if that such a thing exists, to be quite good at accepting death. We can imagine it would be beneficial to move on quickly from, from some one or some animal that has died 
it's no use to us anymore. Now obviously you can see really good reasons why evolution makes us really attached to people and likes to and why we're able to remember they exist when they're not in the room. So I'm not going to labour the idea that I've somehow I've got an evolutionary argument for how it, it can't make sense to belief in the soul I'm not this is not what I'm doing but maybe we should just dwell slightly on the idea that a lot of people believe in the soul and it might help us to wonder whether we can believe in one so what do I mean when I say what if death does not exist what if there is a soul I guess I mean something like what it feels like to be at a funeral and not be able to accept that that person is gone. Or not even not be able to accept, not be able to take it in. Maybe I mean whatever your brain is telling you then that there is a coherence to a person that we can't believe just stops being coherent just because we can't see them anymore but somewhere or somehow they're still there our feeling that when we remember them that they're still there is maybe based on some reality that they really are still there. And there are different beliefs, beliefs that people's soul exists through multiple people or animals, things like that. I don't know much about the beliefs outside of the Judeo-Christian tradition. So I'll be thinking mostly about what if you keep on existing in some other place or some other way, this thing, this thing we call spiritual. I'll be trying to imagine if we believed that how it would work how it would affect us and I guess as I say a lot of people do believe that or kind of half believe it because it's comforting or something I think that it half believing that or believing it makes it easy to behave in ways that we want to behave in anyway. We, um, we like to imagine that the things we're doing are worthwhile and um, even after we're dead some things we've done will have mattered maybe because people remember us. Uh, we also like to believe that 
some of the things we did, which were kind of moral or ethical, have some lasting value and that that's somehow linked with the idea that we carry on living. But I want to think a little bit about what what we really mean. So if if I die but I also carry on living, what does that mean? It certainly doesn't mean that my body continues to look the same and my heart continues to beat. That's, that would be me not dying. But we're talking about when I do die. But I'm not dead, what does that mean? And I think one we could imagine, imagine for a second that we're all part of a great big simulation um, in someone else's computer. Well, then that could mean something very simple, couldn't it? If our, if our brains were computer programs written in molecules that could be understood completely by some external system copied into some other brain or some other medium it would be quite easy to understand the idea of continuing to live we could just wake up in some other body or something we'd have to ask of course what happens when that computer program stops running or the people who made it all die or but I guess at that point we're outside of um, any reasonable conversation but I don't think most people when they when they think about someone living after death I don't think most people think that they carry on exactly as they were before so that brings up the question of what continues to exist. So if, if the exact patterns of activity in our brain stop as they do when we die, and if they're not copied into some other identical brain and continue to running, what do we mean? Uh, do we mean Someone who doesn't actually have my personality continues to live after I die. Because is that good enough for me? Is that me? I mean, what is, how is it me? If it doesn't talk like me or behave like me. Does this person, or this thing that is me, that exists after I die, does it like the same food that I like? Does it like the same people that I like? Do I, do I go and find my friends who've died in this other place, and those are the people I get on with, because 
I'm the same person in some sense. Maybe there's something there. It would make sense to me that I continue to exist if I like the same people I liked. But there are difficult questions as well. I mean, the most easy difficult question might be um, if I experience some accident and get severe brain damage and stay alive and then I die is the me who lives after that the me like I was after the brain damage or before is either of those a satisfactory idea sometimes people have certain types of brain damage which completely changes their personality at least as we observe it from outside so which person is expressed in their soul if death does not exist but there are more questions about which me are we talking about I've changed through my life. Is it... After I die, is it the me... as I was the moment before I died? Who lives afterwards? Or is it the me... from some kind of... Hollywood ideal age... when I was 21? Or is it the average of me over my whole life? Or the sum of my self? Is the, question, is the idea so ridiculous as to be meaningless? Can we imagine a way that this would work where it would be anything like what we're thinking about when we're at a funeral? feeling that the person is still there. I mean, when that's happening, we feel like it's the exact person that we just saw before they died, who's there. But then we like to think of the person if they suffered before they were suffering. Maybe it's that person. But I think maybe I'm 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 exploring a straw man because these things are so obviously impossible to understand. We either have to throw the whole idea out, or we have to think of something more mysterious. And if there's none of my personality there, then I don't really think it's me. I think my personality is me. I could be wrong, but I think I have to work on that basis. But we still have to ask what parts of me and the parts of me that are bad in the Judeo-Christian tradition, I think, 
uh, taken away, leaving the parts of me that are really my real me. Perhaps even there's something from about that in the Judeo-Christian tradition about being going through a kind of fire in your death. I'm not talking about hell, and uh, I'm talking about a refining fire and finding out which bits are left. So there, maybe there's even a kind of process in our life here of trying to become more like the true me so that fewer bits need burning off to make the true me when I when I become the true me but that's difficult isn't it I mean the idea that it's me but it's me with the bad bits taken out or maybe some of the bad bits are the bits that I think of as me but then maybe I'm just wrong about that So who is this person? Is it a person? I mean, is it a person who could interact with me, speak to me, if they were allowed? Well, not with me, because I'd be dead, with someone else. If there were somehow, whatever barrier there is with that world, if it were taken away, would the person speak? Imagine they could vibrate molecules however they wanted, could they speak? And if they exist in time, where would that how, where would that leave us? Because then we have a problem. We have the problem of boredom. If this if I die, and then I can live on forever. I mean, maybe we haven't talked about forever, but let's talk about forever. If after I die, I live forever, but I, I can still, I still exist in time, meaning I can have conversations and a personality, which maybe needs time, I don't know. And maybe, let's say I get really interested in nature. I visit every planet in the universe. This example is stolen from um, the Liturgists podcast, by the way. You should definitely listen to a podcast called The Liturgists. If I look at every plant on every planet in the universe, and there are, let's imagine there are billions of planets with plants on them, And I really, really enjoy it so much that I decide to do it again. And then I do it a hundred more times. And say each time, each flower takes me a year to look at. Then a hundred and two billion years have passed. And I've been looking at flowers. But at some point, surely I'm going to get bored of flowers. And I've got more time left than I had when I started. So what is it like to be alive after you died? What is it like for someone for whom 
the idea of death is a relief. Now, won't the idea of death be a relief for everyone after a hundred billion years? So we have to throw out that idea that somehow maybe there's some kind of time because how can you talk or interact with someone without time but maybe there's no boredom or maybe there's no time like we know so who is this person who's like me but doesn't exist in time like our time or doesn't get bored and where are they? Is it just magic? Is there a spiritual world in some real sense or is it just magic that doesn't it doesn't obey rules? So does it all make no sense at all? Should we just throw it away? I don't think so. I think we can we can keep inhabiting this idea. But just know that it's mysterious. I mean, I think that's... That's the lot of anyone who thinks about anything. I mean, I think if we die and we just stop existing, as we talked about in the last podcast, that's pretty mysterious too. It takes a lot of inhabiting and meditating on. And I think this does too. And I would encourage you to meditate on it. Because I just love Ecclesiastes, I'm going to find another quote from it. Because I quoted some in the last podcast. And I want to quote some more in this podcast. How about this from Ecclesiastes 9? This is the evil in everything that happens under the sun. The same destiny overtakes all. The hearts of people, moreover, are full of evil, and there is madness in their hearts while they live. And afterwards they join the dead. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. And how about this bit, the next bit after that? Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart. 
for God has already approved what you do. What a great book Ecclesiastes is. And I would say in quite a lot of it, it seems like the writer doesn't believe that there's anything after death. So if you're in that place, maybe you've got a, um, a listening ear yeah, from one of the people who wrote part of the Bible. But if you're interested in inhabiting that place, which cries out for us to have some meaning, some existence after our death, then we need to sit with the mystery of it. My feeling after recording this is that I need to do more sitting with it. I've uncovered a lot of stuff that is crazy about it. Maybe we'll get back to it in future podcasts. So if you would like to uh, hear more of these podcasts, go to artificialworlds.net slash imagine. That's artificialworlds with an S dot net slash imagine. Or look for Andy Balaam on Twitter or on your favourite search engine or on mastodon.social In future podcasts I'm going to look at what if God does not exist or what if God does exist what if nothing matters or what if something matters what if justice exists what if there is no justice? What if everything is determined like clockwork? What if it's not determined? What if Jesus was just an ordinary man, or a non-ordinary man? What if he wasn't just an ordinary man? I might look at some other things, and I might not look at all those things. But if you want to meditate some of these things with me, listen to the next podcast. If you want to help me think about these things, leave a comment or ping me on some kind of social media. I'll see you next time. <laughs>